in the house of God this morning. I'm glad to be serving the God of the living. Hallelujah. I promise you the Lord's not depressed. He's not wondering what he's going to do. He's got it all mapped out. He knew the ending from the beginning. He knows that in our lives. He's got an expected end for us. That expected end is for us. Amen. Is to be with him. Hallelujah. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. God bless you. You may be seated. Welcome to all in the house of the Lord. So good to see each one of you in this house to worship and exalt and magnify the Lord. Good to see those, amen, been missing you around here last few services. Some sick and things going on in your lives, but you're back here this morning. God bless you. Appreciate you just coming. Amen. Filling up these chairs with precious lives and precious souls of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we love you and appreciate you and thank you that you're here. Going to let our classes go back. Man, how many appreciate our Sunday school department and Sunday school teachers and all the students? Man, let's pray for them. God's anointing power rest upon them in those Sunday school classes this morning. Amen. To be a breakout of the Holy Ghost. Break out the power of God and the breath of the Lord. Amen. They don't need to walk back there like it's just another now. Amen. This is one of the most important events in their lives. Amen. Is going to a Sunday school class and hear the Word of God and feel hear the instructions of how to live and live an overcoming life and do the work of the Lord in this world that we're living in this morning. Man, I'm telling you what, if it's ever been a time that we need to have the Word of God and the power of God activated into our lives, it's now. Amen. More than ever, to allow the truth of God, the love of God. Amen. Work among us as we surrender and give ourselves unto His counsel, to His grace and mercy and power and authority. I'm telling you, we are a blessed people. Hallelujah. There is no university. There is no other place, amen, that can endue you with the power like God can. He can equip us as individuals, but yet collectively as a church, amen, that this church can be a hold, fulfilling every need, amen, dealing with every circumstance, every situation, every power of the enemy, every deceiving spirit. I tell you, God can raise up somebody in this congregation, amen, for that moment, time, amen, to fight the battle, amen, to give us victory, hallelujah, of every situation as we bind together unite together believing in the powers of God and the goodness of God hallelujah you know there's certain sports there's team and you know what there's always a star player a lot of times but you know what he's not always the star player amen there's always another one or two amen it's their turn and they it, you know they begin but you know what you could take just one or two star players and set the rest of them on the bench and they wouldn't be such of a star <laughs> Amen. It takes everybody. And so I'm thankful this morning that you're here. Be a part of this body and a group of people that believes in God and the word of God and the power of God. And as we got a beautiful lesson today, Samson's cry. Amen. The strong man's cry. Amen. What's wrong? There's nothing wrong with men crying. There's times we ought to cry. Times we ought to lift up our voices and get broken and stirred. That's a true man that comes to that realization, to that understanding. God, I may be much of a man in some sense, but but in another, God, I'm nothing. I'm nothing but an earthen vessel. And without your anointing, without your favor, without your involvement in it, Lord, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall flat on my face. So, God, if you don't come and rescue me and strengthen me and guide me, put words into my mouth, put thoughts into my heart, amen, I'm going to make a mess out of this. Amen. Praise God. So we're just thankful this morning, amen, to just be a part of this and to feel the love of God and the power of God in this house. How many read your lesson? I didn't look up. (laughs) Samson's cry. Anybody ever done any crying? <laughs> Probably have in the last 24 hours. <laughs> There's not too many days go by that we all, for one reason or another, sometimes we have tears of joy. Sometimes we have tears of sadness. Sometimes we have tears of frustration and of anger. <laughs> sometimes we just have tears of peace and comfort we realize just how much God loves us and how much our family loves us you know devil works in in, in a lot of different ways trying to destroy souls try to destroy lives 
not only just in the church, but in our, in our families. But God's always got a way. We'll just humble and yield ourselves. Saying, God, I believe you. I don't know exactly where the adversary got a hold of this, but God, I know you can drive him out. And if you'll help me, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to humble myself, yield myself. I'm going to man up or lady up, whatever the situation may be. But I want to do it your way. I want to do it that pleases you. Praise God. So, look, as we look at our lesson here this morning, focus verses are going to be found in Judges 15, 18, and 19. Satsum covers a lot of territory. It really does. Even in the book of Judges, a man ruled over them for some 20 years, fought against one of the main enemies, the Philistines that come up against Israel. And uh, fought against Israel for 40 years. Kept them in captivity and bondage and uh, persecuted them. Amen. And, uh, they tell us that Judges is not really written in a chronicle form and manner. Most believe that, that Samson was a judge just prior to Samuel. And uh, if you'll notice in some of the scripture. When you go back to the 13th chapter and you bring in the 13th, 14th and what leads up to this setting of scriptures here this morning of this man called Samson. There's a lot to be said, not just about Samson, but of his parents and of Israel and of God and how that God works, how God brings things about. Sometimes we don't quite understand, uh, don't quite, you know, uh, how that God would allow his spirit to to move and to operate upon individuals and so willing to be so long-suffering and, and kind and gentle to use us. When there's times that we may disqualify ourselves and take on actions or, or deeds that just wasn't pleasing unto him, but yet God, through his grace and mercy and compassion to help us. And so we're going to see a little bit of this this morning, amen, in Samson's life and uh, no doubt most people when they think of Samson, they may even think of Hercules and things of this nature. But even the writer mentions this, and I've always believed this. I, I don't believe Samson, Samson uh, his, his body probably didn't look any different than any other man. Well, how do you know that? Well, why was they searching for where the secret of his strength was at? If he had a physique. I mean, you know, when a guy walks in, he's 350 pounds. There's not an ounce of fat on him. He's four foot wide and six foot ten. You don't have to find out. I don't have to have a secret where your strength's at. But when a guy walks in, he only weighs about, you know, 190. Doesn't really impress nobody. He's got arms that looks about average as anybody. Shoulders about, you know, 42, maybe 44. 40, waist, you know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but we know where his strength comes from. It's where ours come from. Amen. So we, we got a beautiful lesson here today. But in Judges 15, 18, and 19, the focus verses, and he was, was sore of thirst. <laughs> well, that body wasn't in so good a shape. <laughs> uh, he hadn't exercised and run, amen, 25 miles. And... All right. <laughs> and he was sore of thirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. He knew who to give the glory to. He knew who to give the honor to. He knew where that strength come from. He knew it wasn't of himself. Now, there's a part I believe he played. And I believe there's a part, a man, that as we watch in this lesson, where he flirted with some things. And that's, that's, that's this earthen vessel part you and I, we have to deal with. Okay? And now shall I die for thirst? And fall into the hands of the uncircumcised. Pretty common terms. You hear again and again even throughout the Old Testament. Some of the same common battles and struggles of other great leaders and 
chosen vessels of God. We, we, we see it unfold right here coming out of Samson. But God cleave a hollow place that was in the jaw. How many read your lesson? How many studied that out? Different opinions about that particular statement right there. And there came water there out, and when he had drink, his spirit came again, and he revived. And wherefore he called the name thereof Echocog, which is in Leah unto this day. And Hecochor, I believe, is a better way to pronounce that. Boy, there's a lot said about that particular, and it's in the focus verses this morning. If you read your lesson, even the writers makes mention that this is actually a spring or a hollow place, and water had came there. And so there is the question, did the water come out of the jawbone or out of this hollow place? I can answer that question. It doesn't really matter if it come out of the jawbone or the hollow place. God supplied it either way. Okay? There's no way of getting around that God supplied. It's kind of like the Red Sea. We've heard some say that, that Israel come across on ankle deep water. That's fine with me if you want to believe that. My God's still a miracle worker. He let them walk across on ankle deep water and he drowned Pharaoh and his army and chariots and horses in ankle deep water. So you take it either way you want it. <laughs> it's still a miracle. So, anyway, they want to look at it. It's kind of like the well. I was talking to somebody about that this week. You know, people talk about the word of God, believing. You know what? This is what the scripture says. I'm serving a God that can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or even think. So, that water can come out of the jawbone. Some says, Brother Ford called me about this even yesterday. And he said that some says, you know, it's out of the, that the, the cavity of the jaw, the tooth, and it flowed out that, that hollow place. And Now, we do know he cast that jaw. It was a new jawbone. And we know that the end of the battle of slaying of a thousand men, there's even questions about that one. Again, watch this. When you got folks that starts got to search every little detail in a manner and a way to believe whether or not to believe in God or not. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Now, they was looking at that as even, now this is more negative. This is to the positive side. A lot of times that term thousand in the Old Testament and in the Hebrew would actually was likened to great multitudes. So it could have been even more is the point they were making, not less. Okay. Heap upon heap. And so it's almost like Samson at this point in this battle in his life, he was having to run them down. Well, the Bible says something about they'll flee. <laughs> I mean, you know what? If I was kind of back in that fourth and I'm watching great big men and they're going like, you know, that's kind of like that third bulldog going in on that catch. And you see the first two slung back over his head. Only an idiot would just keep on going. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay. That was a poor illustration, wasn't it? Anyway, <laughs> you know, that's good common sense. Hey, let's back up and re let's revamp this. Let's relook at this. They going in, they coming back faster, not, not on their feet. But when they doing this, <laughs> yeah. I don't need my 22. I need my 30 out 6. <laughs> Amen. We're going to change weapons. But uh, so as we, we watch this, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a powerful lesson. And uh, I'm probably just going to use the scripture for the most part here this morning, and if you don't mind. And so we're just going to go back and actually even pick up at the very beginning of some of it. We'll watch the time and, and all that good stuff. And and just see what's going to unfold here. Amen. But, but, you know, these characters in the Bible always amaze me. And it's always amazing to me how God uses them, works through them. 
Amen. And, and they're written down, recorded for our example, for us to learn, for our admonition or warning, both to the good or to the negative, both, amen, you know, to be obedient or what's going to cost us if we're not obedient. And so as we watch this even with Samson, uh, I done mentioned a man, and uh, we notice that there's some characters, their names are not even mentioned in the Word of God, such as his mother, even though she was the one that got the visitation to start with, and even though she didn't recognize him as an angel at that first visitation out in the field, and uh, if you read any of that, and I believe maybe the lesson, writer lesson mentions this, but if you've done any reading on that, studying on that, there's a lot of likeness even into this area where, uh, you know, or previous ones, a man had prayed about the bearing of their wives such as Isaac or such as Hannah a man as you're going to read about we study about the last judge of Samuel how that she interceded in first Samuel's the first chapter and a prayer that was made a man that the man of God looked down upon her even though he couldn't hear her there were some actions going on that accused her of being under the influence of wine but anyway because of her situation so many Many make the statement um, because the word of God doesn't really record about Manoma and his wife praying about this situation. But they don't stop there. You can go back to the 10th chapter. I believe it's about the 6th verse. And, and there you're going to read where, where God had dealt with Israel time after time. And constantly you know as well as I do. Even the beginning of this particular writings in the 13th chapter writes about how that the Israelites had gone back and forsaken God and went back to, to worship the gods of the Philistines and the Ammonites and different ones. And so when you go back to the 10th chapter, you're going to read there that God, God makes the statement. He says, I'm not going to answer your prayers. I'm going to mock you. I'm not going to respond to you. He says, I, you let, when you get in trouble, you call out to your gods that you're worshiping and you bow down to. And, and so that's What's recorded in the 10th chapter. Now I think I didn't mention this. But many will tell us. The Bible scholars believe. That Judges was not written in a chronological form and manner. That's the reason when they talk about Samson here. Being the last judge. And if you'll notice. Uh, at the beginning of, of the, to the mother of Samson. The Lord speaks to her. And tells her that it's going to raise up. A man, a son to, to start the deliverance from the Philistines. It's a beginning. It's a start. Okay? And so as we watch Samson that is called upon. Now, he's not going to be just a normal son. And so there's some obligation that falls upon the parents. If you go back into Numbers, I believe it's the sixth chapter. And you read of the, that's right, a man, uh, covenant that would be made there. And so... In this covenant, and this covenant wasn't only just for men. If you go back and read, there would be for men and women. And, but there were some requirements. They couldn't drink no strong drink, no wine. Couldn't eat of the grape or the vine. <clears throat> they, they could not cut their hair. And uh, could not you know, make, come in contact, contact with dead things. Even though if it was their mother, a father, brothers or sisters. If that, during that period in time of a vow. They could not come in contact with them. Or it would disqualify. It would pollute the vow that they had made in that particular time. Now with Samson. And uh, uh, it is. You know, I find it a little. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know, a little struggle there because when you get in the Old Te New Testament, and I've heard people, I've had people, you know, of course, uh, I'm going to say this, not being ugly, but they wouldn't have sounded their mind as they should have been. And so they would come up with the ideas of growing their hair, hair out to be strong like Samson. Well, the strength didn't come from the hair. <laughs> the strength didn't come, amen, from not drinking of the wine and strong drinks and things of that nature. The strength still comes from God. But this, this is, again, it's a principle here of called obedience. Obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And so out of obedience, it started with his mother. 
And, and if you go back and you're going to see where she comes to the husband, makes it, him, him, tells him about it, and, she, and he begins to question, you know, I don't get the man's name. I don't even know where he come from. And so uh, a prayer at this point is made. And, and so they call, and sure enough, the angel comes back again. And so again, he's not there. She's out in the field. She runs and, and gets and comes. And so he begins to question how to raise the rule or the order is how the Bible puts him to raise this son. Man, to to they didn't want to disqualify. So we 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 can pick up enough to realize that they feared God, they believed in God, and they believed in this visitation. And so even in this visitation, as they encounter with the angel, still at this point, not realizing that it was an angel. But as they encounter with him, and they go and fix him, and, and so and, and in that, they put in a rock, and the angel goes up in the flame. And, and at this point is where they realize they had been face to face with the angel, and even to the point that he thought they was going to die, but yet she steps in and says, you know, that don't make any sense. That don't make no sense at all. Why would God reveal all this to us and then kill us? That wouldn't make no sense. And so uh, they begin to the process of this and begin to unfold. And so then you pick up in the 14th chapter. Now look, now this, Samson comes out of the tribe of Dan. Dan and the tribe of Dan is right next to the Philistines. Right next to them. Okay? So Samson to cross over those borders and to be involved with the Philistines. One thing you're going to notice in all three of the women folks that he dealt with, none of them was an Israelite. Not one single one of them. But when you go back again and you read in that 14th chapter, and whenever he makes his way, goes down to Timnah, and there, if you'll notice something, as he goes there, he desires, he sees uh, this, this lady and desires her. And he goes back to his mom and dad because it's their place to petition for him and, and you know, and, uh, to, to make this marriage happen, to make it come to pass. And so as they make their way back down there, you're going to notice that they're in next going next and beside a vineyard. Well, that's the first signal of, ooh. What, what is he doing? What are they, you know, coming? You know, it's kind of like us. The only way you'll ever see me at a casino is because God maybe stamps it in my forehead, go down there to witness somebody or something. Other than that, I'm not going. I don't care how, how, what great dinners they got, how much they're giving it away. I'm going to shine from even the appearance of evil. <laughs> now, I've never had no trouble with gambling. I meant not doing it. <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> okay? Uh, I'm not a big gambler. You know, I, I, I've never, you know, I can't see just doing that. But anyway, but there are spirits there and other spirits and things. And, and, and you know, you begin to, you know, corrupt, you know, you begin to corrupt communication can defile. You, you start hanging around with the wrong people and too much with them. Sometimes, you, you know, you're up this world, you know. Or you're in this world, but uh, you, you can limit some of that. Sometimes you can. But if all that you and I ever want to be is around certain individuals, and we like their spirits, and we like their attitudes, and we like how they look at things. and Well, I'll let you fill in the rest. We know. But anyway, so as they made their way there, a lion... And the Bible says not just a lion. It wasn't some crippled old lion that couldn't have about starved to death because he doesn't read it to the point that he wasn't you know, powerful enough to catch anything. The Bible makes sure that we understand it's a young lion. Man, it pounces out. And, and so this is one of the first encounters. Now, let me back up a little bit. Even in the, the tribe or in the city and the village that Samson was raised in. They could tell that Samson wasn't just ordinary. There would be times when the Spirit of the Lord would move upon him. It, it makes enlightenment about that in the scriptures. But now, here is a time where we see where the Spirit of God moves upon Samson. And by the Spirit of God, he could take with his bare hands and 
destroy this young lion as though it's just a goat or a kid and can rent it apart with his bare hands and and apparently walked away without one scratch without any evidence at all that he had just been in a fight with a young lion how do you know that because mama and daddy didn't know nothing about it and for them not to know anything about it they couldn't be any evidence of the fight that had just took place wow let's let that settle in just a minute why God will do things for us sometimes possibly even in secret And sometimes he doesn't want us to tell it. There's some battles in the spiritual realms that you and I may encounter. And God's got his timing and his season so that he can receive the glory. But if we go and start broadcasting it, if we go and start trying to make a ministry out of that. If we start, if we're not careful, elevate ourselves. No, God's got a timing for it. God's got a season. God had raised Samson as a one-man military that was going to use insignificant weapons to bring the victory. And so... Here he's working for Samson on a personal basis to let him understand and realize that whenever the enemy comes out of lurking places to annihilate and destroy you, the Spirit of God can lift up a standard. The Spirit of God can move upon, and you know, there's something about the Spirit of God. It, it, the Bible says where it listed our wishes. It can flow. You can't keep it out of dungeons. You can't keep it out of caves. You can't keep it from showing up on mountaintops. You can't stop it from flowing and making its way down to valleys. It finds its way into secret closets. It can manifest itself in public services. They just something about the Spirit of God. And when it moves, and when we allow it to move. You see, the Spirit of God will move towards least resistance. Now, there's nothing wrong. We, we learned last week from Gideon to make that calling and election sure. God knows. God knows the difference. God knows that when we just, God, I need you to work on me first. I need you to prepare me. I need you to help me. This is, this is something we love to get into the hearts and the souls of every young child. Parents, let me tell you something. You ought to embed it into your children's hearts. And then their mind, their spirit about wanting the Holy Ghost. Working on him too at the house. Yesterday he was out on the trampoline just running around him. One of them says to the other, let's run around this trampoline we'll get the Holy Ghost. God heard that. Or we can raise them up and they can run around. Come on, let's act like a bunch of devils. That's up to us. It's what we put in them. It's what we call them. It's a good practice. If you go to a prayer room, you ought to encourage them. And don't just encourage them. You ought to command them. If you really believe in the power of prayer and believe that prayer can change things 
then this is how we ought to raise them up. What's one of the first things they try to take out of your schools? So, as God begins to work with Samson and, and to form and develop him, even his, his mom and dad questioned, why, why don't you desire and look at some among us, some of the Israelite girls? But the Bible says that the Lord, they knew not that the Lord was picking a fight. Just put it in my good vernacular, okay? He was picking a fight with the Philistines. Now, the Bible says they had been in captivity, or not necessarily captivity, but under bondage and rulership of the Philistines for 40 years. And so we know that Samson didn't bring complete and total deliverance, but he started a process. He started a beginning. And he rules for 20 years. So inside that 40 years, Samson becomes a part in that process of being used of God to bring this deliverance. All this can be alike and a time. Because you watch this. As we watch even the focus verse and what Samson says about the thirst. Okay. For just a second. And I'm going to mention this again. But you can go back to Gideon. And I didn't, I didn't finish all of that. But the end of that battle is he makes his way to destroy all of the Midianites. And the last two. And he runs into different ones. And he questions them about, hey, are, are my men's faint. They're all at the point of fainting. Would you offer them bread? And they reject it to do it because they Have you got the hands of them? Gideon didn't. He said, but when I get them, I'm going to come back and I'm going to whip you. With thorns and briars. There's another group. Same thing. He requests for bread. You see everybody's going to experience. Faint heartedness. Weariness. We're warned in the end time. That the saints of God. Wearing out the saints of the most high. We're seeing as much of a battle in our world today. Mentally speaking, as well as physically speaking today. Thank God we're promised of the renewing of the mind. Because the battle's really in the mind. The skull. It's where the warfare. It's where the battle's at. That's the reason you've got to put on that helmet of salvation. Hope of salvation. That's right. The Bible says, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird actually means to prepare it. How do you do that? By reading and studying the Word of God, by praying and praying until you pray through. Until your mind is prayed through, until your heart is prayed through, until your soul is prayed through into that visitation with God. Why? Because in that moving of the Spirit of God is where our strength comes from. Could it be the reason that there's such a weakness of immorality, amen, in the world that we're living in today is because there's so many religions that claim to be born again Christians without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They don't preach it as a demand and an essentiality for salvation. Amen. So, so what spirit are they operating off of? Because the strength comes from the spirit. <laughs> so as he moves from that and sure enough they make the plans. And, and Samson goes down and is going to have the feast of seven days. And, and so it's on him. And there's 30 that's brought in with him and joins with him. And he's got a, a friend, and some would call him his best man, to, to join in with him on this wedding. And so during this time of the feast, they, they tell us that also it was set up for entertainment. It was up to the groom a lot of times to come up with some games or things of this nature. To, and so he came up with this riddle. And he 
talks about when he, calls, when he made his way back. Now, this gives us a little idea how much time had lapsed. The first time he visited, he slews this lion. His way back down to set up and to take on the ceremony. This lion is found with the bees and a high beehive that's fully, you know, got honey in it. And so it's in the bone of the structure that's left of this lion. And this is where he comes up with this riddle. The riddle that he doesn't even tell his mom and dad or any of his people. It's amazing how God will keep us from telling some things. When we're really walking with God and walking the Holy Ghost, we won't tell everything. Well, (laughs) praise God. And so, as he gets there and he gives this riddle, and so there's going to be, you know, he talks about, uh, you know, the, the, the meat coming out of the eater. And, and the sweetness out of the strong. And, and so they can't, they can't figure it out. Even after three days, these 30 others are there. And they try to figure it out. And, and so finally, they come to her on the last day. Time's running out. And so they put the pressure on her and said, Hey, we're going to destroy you and your family if you, you don't tell us that riddle. Tell him. And so he, she goes and begins to cry to him. And, 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 you know, and you don't love me. You hate me. You didn't tell me the riddle. He said, hey, I didn't even tell my own people. I told nobody. But she kept on and pressuring. He said, finally, he informs her. And sure enough, the Bible says as the sun just a sitting, the time's about to run out. It was, amen, if I could put it, I don't want to be too plain here, but it was just prior to him going into tent to make this a complete deal, amen, with this particular lady. They come rushing in and they speak the riddle. He makes the statement, he said, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have known this. So this starts one of the first engagements where he actually goes down to a different area, down to Kilgore, I think it was called, something like that. And there he takes in 30 of the Philistines and slew them and takes their garments and these, these sheets. and fleece. But there wasn't just any. There was more of the high Christ. And, and so, you know, just not any and everybody could have them. And so, man, they thought they were hanging. But, but here have God, the Spirit of God moves upon him and he goes down and slews and brings them and offers them. Now watch him. He doesn't go in with her he's he's frustrated and he's aggravated and and the bible says he just goes back home and so the dad of this daughter gives it to the best man gives her and so the bible picks up again a time a season had passed and so satsum's got this kid and he's going to bring this kid he's going to go back to his wife in his mind in heart and spirit, amen, she's still his. But when he arrives, she, the father forbids him, would not allow him to go into the chamber. And so, again, we see where, where this conflict comes up. And so he's here, he's determined, he sets, and, and it's in his mind, Samson does. And so you can see this warfare that's going on and what's unfolding, how God is using Samson. Now remember, remember, None of Israel has got involved in these battles or struggles at all. A one-man show right now. One-man show. Man, you can see what the power of God can do, the Spirit of God can do. If you just obey it. Just, Just give yourselves to it. And so this time... The Bible talks about hip and thigh, and, and some reflects that into certain movements he made and things of this nature. But anyway, he destroys, and we really don't get a number there of how many that he destroys. Because why? Because, man, they, they, because they've taken his wife, and, 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 and this, this father offers the younger daughter a man that's fair and more beautiful, but, but, but Samson didn't want her. And so here, that anger rises up in him, and he's going, man, it's a venture. You know, say my own for vengeance. And, and so we can see how God, amen, is in this and using this to create this battle and this struggle against the Philistines. And so he up and thigh, he destroys them. And, and he again, amen, you see, he makes his way back. And we're watching how God uses Samson to bring all of this about. And, and you know, some of this is confusing to us because why is Samson going down and choosing one that, that the law had taught? 
But remember, you're living in a time of 400, 450 years. And the judges finishes up like this. Every man done what was right in his own eyes. And so Samson even was handling a lot of this. And, and the writer talks about it. And I, I, others, the Bible here that I use is put out to a man by the one God. People talks about what if he'd have got a, a wife that he should have. What we could have been. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can maybe intertwine. But, but still, this is still the word of God. This is what happens. This is how it unfolds. And this is how it come about. And how God uses this one man that, that we learned in the early days of Sunday school about how many of you ever remember seeing the pictures of Samson? Well, he never looked like just a normal guy, did he? Always had him muscled up and, and got that line by the mouth, man. Just It's amazing how we are pronged to, for the glory. These old earthen vessels is longing for attention. Recognition. Credit. <laughs> Praise God. You know what? That's still sometimes our biggest struggles and battles. Even with the Holy Ghost. Even with the Holy Ghost. Even being used in the gifts of the Spirit. You've got to remember it's earthen vessels. You know what? Earthen vessels get weary. Or the vessels get tired of the fight sometimes. So that's reading it's so important that we have a place called the house of God. We got a place that we called a prayer room. And we got a place that we set aside or a time that we set aside for just you and your maker, your creator. A place that you can just pour out. I believe God done something beautiful here this morning. Far beyond even our own eyes in the spiritual realm. And operating for us. You know why? Because God loves us. God, God has great compassion and mercy and long suffering. You write it, and your testament writes about the long suffering of God that men would come to repentance. Where we would done gave up on them, or we'd have done, we'd have done knocked them in the head and, and threw them off. God, not God. No. Because there's something about individuals that uh, how many of you listened to the message? I listened to this just the other day, yesterday, I believe, or the day before. Talking about Brother Lambert talking about the guy called Monkey. Amen. And how that God was using this guy in prison in places like this to and, and, and to win souls and start a church. And I'm not keep going all detail, but but you just never know. And, and you know what? Look at our world around us. That's the reason it's so important. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter how many tattoos they've got, how many things they got poking in them or poking out of them. <laughs> It doesn't matter what, how many colors their hair, if they got any, or if they just got half of it. Well, what I meant by that, you know, they got one side and the other side shaved off. You know, they, they got, you know, man, they, I mean, even guys, man, they're they doing all kind of crazy stuff. And, and, but you know what? They never, so, so many of them is not knowing anything about feeling the Spirit of God. Experiencing the true love of God and the power of God. To deliver and to set free. And so God's using Samson to pick this fight and to work this out and bring it about. And to bring it to that point place. He's even setting up the stage for this coming a time of Samuel. Because within there's Eli the priest and the two sons. And no doubt Samson is alive and living during the same time of Eli. And what's unfolding and what's taking place. Now watch this. This is the Nazarite laws. And and even with Hannah when you go back. When you look at Samuel. First Samuel. She takes that, 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 that uh, vow. Amen. To, to raise up. If you give me a son. I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to give him to the house of God to the service of God he's, he's not going to know anything else about any other life when I wean him I'm going to bring him here and every year she bring him an ephod and she brought the right sacrifices and how and so God's using Samson here and so after this unfolds and takes place they, they come to Judah Philistines comes to Judah and they, they come in, man, to Judah and they, they in, in uh, the city and the, the place there. And, and uh, whenever they get there, the Judah and man, what are y'all doing coming? 
what, what's, what's, what's all this about? Why y'all invading us? We're coming after Samson because Samson went up into a rock and he went up to a cave and after, amen, he died destroying them, he went up and kind of hid himself and he was done. He was through as far as he was concerned. Vengeance. He had served vengeance and he was done with it. But the Philistines, they just didn't know it. But see, God was working on both sides. So he pulls them in there. And so watch this, Judah. Take 3,000 men and go up in that mountain where he's at. And call on Samson. And Samson makes a deal with them. He said, I'll let you bind me as long as you promise not to fall on me. As long as you promise not to kill me. I'll go. I'll submit. Sure enough, the Bible says they take new, two new cords and they bind him up. And they bring him down off of that mountain and into the view and the sight of the Philistines. And they cried out with a loud voice and victory to their God. The Spirit of God moves upon Samson. And those new cores come as flax. That's a thread. Thread that's used. And it's come like a burnt flax. And just like if it was nothing, man. And it just. And this is where the, the time of our lesson. It talks about how that Samson. The newborn of a joy. Of a, of a donkey. And he grabs that new bone up. And it's not a sword. It's not a spear. It's not any type of weapon like that. Maybe nobody had ever seen a jawbone used for, for this purpose and reason. But out of this jawbone, amen, he picks it up. And, and the Bible slay, says that he slews, and I'm going to just say a thousand, because that's what the Bible says is safe enough, amen, to slew a thousand of the enemy. And at this point in the weariness, amen, where he finds himself, and finds himself in a place, in a position, Amen. Because of the earthen vessel now. Amen. And that's not all. Anybody ever been anointed? Anybody ever been anointed singing or testifying to somebody? Or, or just, have you ever been anointed praying? Just got in a, 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 a moment of prayer. And, and But when that anointed lifted, what happened? What happened to your physical body? Amen. And, and you, can, you can do it testifying. You can do it singing. Amen. It's something about the anointing of God getting a hold of you and getting a hold of these earthen vessels. It'll pull it out of you like nothing else. There's been times I've left this pulpit. If y'all would have allowed it and wouldn't have got offended, I'd have walked out there and gotten that white Toyota truck and went to the house and went to bed. My legs felt like rubber. Didn't know if I was going to make it or not, but I just smiled and, yeah, everything's good talking to everybody. Oh, but under my breath, I'm thinking, you guys need to go home. I'm just kidding. I just, but, but physically drained. How in the world can you feel so tired to feel in so much strength and energy and anointing and the power and the presence of God? It's called the Spirit of God. And there's no substitute. And there's nothing like Him. And I'm here to tell you, we want it. We want it. We want more of it. I tell you, we want it in our services. We want it every time we come to keep promise for two or three gathering these days. I'll show up. And when God shows up, I'll tell you, there's not a situation. There's not a dilemma. There's not a devil. There's not anything that He won't give us the victory over it. Somebody hear me this morning. That includes in your family. That includes on your job. That includes in every place you go. As a vessel of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you the Spirit of God will lead you to victory. But you and I got to submit and yield ourselves unto it and obey it. We got to do it God's way. We got to do it God's way. So Samson, here he is now. Rise out for that water. Man, you can go to New Testament, you read about a lady that's she's willing to come when nobody else is there. Because such a reputation she's got. She's so sick and tired of the, the stares and the remarks. And so she just waits until the noonday. But you know what? There was a a Samson, if you please. Because one is just as important to God as the thousands. <laughs> Individual testifying and witness to people is just as important as preaching to thousands. You hear me this morning? 
responsibility, amen, upon our shoulders as preachers and ministers of this gospel. It doesn't matter if the service has got two people in it or if there's 25,000. That number shouldn't change the importance. I'm fixing to feed the lambs. God, if you'll help me, if you'll anoint me. I'm telling you, if there's ever been a time that you need to be praying for the anointing of God to be on the five-fold ministry and for the five-fold ministry to get together, I don't care what organization we call ourselves. I don't care what group we call ourselves. The Bible says we're Christians. The Bible, I'm going to tell you what, the Holy Ghost will unify us. The Holy Ghost will bond us back together. The Holy Ghost will create a force and a power. I'm telling you that the White House and the devil and everything else this world's offered won't be able to touch it. I'm telling you, there's something about the moving of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Those feelings, hallelujah. Those hurt feelings, those mad feelings, all those other feelings. I'm telling you, there's something about the bonding power of the Holy Ghost that begins to move inside and realization and understanding. Say, you know what? That really wasn't a big deal. I tried to make a big deal out of that, but really it wasn't a big deal. I know good and well you really wasn't against me, and I'm not against. No, we're not against one another. That's nothing but the lying powers of the devil trying to get hold of earthen vessels and trying to create things because he knows the only chance he's got, he's got to get inside the church because he can't beat it from the outside. He found out he can't fight it with fire with fire. Every time he tries to put this fire out, it just ignites and amen, two or three other places. You can't stop this. You can't stop the power of God and the love of God no more, amen, with all the chaos and the unformity of the earth. When the Spirit of God moved upon this place and he wouldn't ever care, they suck about the Spirit of God that brings things together, that puts things together. That's one of the most powerful things you read about. As Brother Brandon Ferguson preached that message about that valley of dry bones. Man could have probably spent a thousand years trying to get those bones back together to the right body, to the right place. I could just imagine. I'm going to go way back. I mean, you remember the old potato you just put together. Make him look however you want him to look. Look all for him. One leg longer than the other. Put his arm with his leg. You made a clue how to tape it, but you get through shooting him with BB guns and all, it don't matter anyway. <laughs> Praise God. That's the only reason we got those army men and Indians. Man, I won a many a war off of them live oaks. Stack them up on the side of that mountain, man. That live oak's just right. Them old, that, that bark sticks out there like that. I'd stick them. I'd, it'd take me 30 minutes or longer to get them all set up there. And then, oh, man, old rifle man would come in, son. We'd start picking them off. Boy, pow. That's the way God would do it. That's the way God would do it. Man, I'm telling you, God will do it right here in Bendale, Mississippi. God will give us souls. But you've got to get your mind, and I've got to get my mind made up. God, I want it your way, not my way. Hallelujah. If I'm going to pick a fight, I'm going to pick God's fight. If I'm going to get up and get railed up and get riled up about something, this is what I'm going to get riled up. Now watch this. Amen. Did you watch? They brought him down there. But you know what? I'm telling you, they told, they told Samson, don't you know that the Philistines rule over us? If you listen to the world and everybody around you, well, this is just the way it is. This is the way you ought to live. It ain't no big deal to shack up. It ain't no big deal. Man, sin. Uh, everybody's going to heaven. You better quit listening to all that mess. I'm telling you, amen, we need to get, get to that point in place. I want to live for God. I want to do what's pleasing in His sight. This vessel, man, it's not for fornication or adultery or for lying or for exaggerating. It's not for any of those things. It's to walk in the beauty, the power of Jesus Christ. It's to walk in the joy of the Lord. Amen. It don't make no big deal that I don't live where somebody else lives. I don't drive what somebody else is I got the most precious thing there is and that's the Spirit of God inside of me. That's the love of God in my heart. That's a love that I can show my children. That's a love I can show others. That's a amen, a power that works in me that's just unstoppable. It's unquenchable. You can't stop this thing, baby. You just got to get sold out to it and committed to it and dedicated to it and let it work and operate through us. That's what Samson had to do. <laughs> Praise God as God anointed him and blessed him and used him in this old world. I want to talk about just a few verses to this morning before I close here. That, that last part. Amen. Zechariah told us even about Zerubbabel. 
We hear it this way all the time. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. He wasn't only just going to lay that foundation, but he was going to build something that hadn't been done up to that point in time. There's really no telling how many Samsons that's in this congregation this morning that God wants to raise up. Those battles may not be the extreme or to the high, but it doesn't matter. It could be one soul. One soul that God wants you to encounter. That God wants you to be a light to. That God wants you. And God takes that vessel and uses it in such a miraculous and beautiful way. Don't ever underestimate that. Man walking in the Holy Ghost. Submitting my spirit. Submitting my ways. And to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know. It, we're just living in a world that. that I'm, I'm back up. Watch this again. If you go back to Judges 8 and 4. And I, I mentioned this. But I'm going to mention it to you again. Gideon came to Jordan and passed over it. And he and the 300 men that were with him. Faint. Faint. But listen to the next three words. Faint. Yet. Pursuing. It. In this weakness, in this trial, in this situation. Come on, folks. How many times you and I have drug ourselves to this house? Amen. But we were so tired and so weary. We loved to just got in a recliner or went to bed. Or, but we didn't do it because there's something pulling at us. There's something drawing at us. I'm going to the house of God. But not just to the house of God. They ought to be that that gets a hold of us on a regular basis. And when we get up in the morning time, God, I want to please you today. I want to walk in the Holy Ghost today. I want to be used for the kingdom of God somehow today. Maybe I can call somebody. Maybe, maybe I could just get in a prayer closet and shove everything else aside for about an hour or maybe two hours or maybe three hours and pray for the home church and pray for revival and pray for missionary work and pray for the Holy Ghost to, to break out in Bendale, Mississippi. Hallelujah. But I, I'm going to find you, God. I'm going to find where you want me in this kingdom. I'm going to find where you want me in this body of Christ. And God, by the help of the Holy Ghost, we're going to see miracles. We're going to see victory. Not just going to sing about them, honey. We're going to literally see them. Amen. Coming out of wheelchairs and coming out of dilemmas and coming out of bondage. Why? Because we're serving the Almighty God. We're serving the Prince of Peace. We're serving the greatest counsel that ever is and ever going to be. We've got the greatest power and authority abiding in us called the Spirit of God that's going to live forever. God is not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. The promises of God, the Spirit of God is so powerful. That even when he promises the old prophet, amen, a double portion. And after they done put him in the grave, God still honors it. Let me tell you something. You pray the prayers and let God bottle them up. You may not see them, but somebody's going to. But I can tell you one thing. If you and I don't pray them, nobody's going to see them. You are them. Are you hearing me? There's some things you can pray in the spirit and pray under the unction, the power of the Holy Ghost, and pray down a mystery. You and I may not get to see it, but because we prayed it, amen, if we put some action, could it be that we'd have never seen a real Samuel in the measure we did? It had not been for a Samson, amen, that started the process of the power of God using this man, amen, and bringing him, even though he never fulfilled that place of a priest, or fulfilled that place, amen, that Lord Samuel fell, not only a judge, but a priesthood, but Samuel, amen, as a judge, for 20 years God blessed him and strengthened him and oh we know we know how he winded up with the lion man how that she now watch this I don't know my time but watch she kept at him until what the enemy worked with her just like they had with the others I don't have the time but but you do know the others were burned up, right? Father and wife, and that's what created that second turmoil in the man of the jawbone. Because they had burned up his wife. 
It's what brought all this about. And vengeance. Amen. Cause it to unfold. I'm going to tell you something. The devil's going to be the devil. And it doesn't matter if you resist him or don't resist him. It's not going to change the outcome. We can get up in a cave somewhere and we can just hide and feel sorry for ourselves and whatever. Or we can make up in our minds. I'm not going to sit up in this cave and boo-hoo and cry and belly ache and complain. And uh, I'm going to love God. I'm going to worship you, God. And I'm going to wait on the call and the voice of God. And I'm going to let you lead and guide me. In whatever measure it might be, God. Whatever measure. Whatever talents or skills or ability that you give us. Samson didn't look around and look for a sword. He didn't look for a spear. But what was at hand? And the Bible said he cast it away. And I don't know if he just... Dropped it. I don't know if he threw. And this is where some of that, the hollow out of the jaw, that water comes. And the Bible said he was renewed and refreshed. How many times that Samson had shaken himself and the Spirit of God had moved upon him? The time of the line, the time, amen, when the Philistines come against him. And now with Elias, she would cry out, and you know the story. <laughs> to that last time, whenever the Bible says he told her all his heart, she knew it too. She knew it. See, that's the way the devil works. He just made a slow process. <laughs> Amen. Putting him locks on the beam, and he pulls a beam and all. But the next time. Cutting away, breaking that vow. And the Spirit of God had departed. It never come and took up a bold in the Old Testament. It would move upon them and equip them to do the work. But today in the New Testament and through Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God comes and takes up a bold and dwells in us. Abides in us. Revelation talks about this candle, this, the light of the candle. To remove that candle. I don't want the Spirit of God to be taken out of my life. I don't want the Spirit of God to be taken out of this church. The only hope this community's got is for the Spirit of God to have a place that He can operate through. The Spirit of truth. The Spirit to strengthen us and help us. Come on, we all face some weary times. Troubled times. We're all being pressed with our time. And we're busy, man, running from. Hey, some of you so weary and tired in this place this morning. I don't know what else to do. So get me a clown suit and maybe get up here. I'm just going on with you. I know where you're at. I'm not getting on to I know where you're at. I've been there. I know. Just something about these are worth in vessels. <laughs> but thank God for the Holy Ghost. Just stand. Love you this morning. I hope something's being said here today to help us. You know, there's other times in the Bible talks about these type of events that was going on and took place and how that God, there was a time in Jonathan's life when Saul, his daddy, gave a commandment not to eat of the honey. But Jonathan, because of the, the faintness of the battle, Jonathan didn't hear that order and he took that honey and his eyes were enlightened. There's a time with David, whenever he was pursuing after Ziklag, that the 400 men, the 200 of them, had become faint-hearted, and they had to, to have the strength to cross over the brook. Amen. But God still blessed them. When David got back, he still blessed them. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 talks about, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God, and not of us. We need to hear that. Amen. For we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but we're not destroyed. Amen. The Old Testament writer talks about when I fall. Oh, this time's going to fall. But you can be assured of one thing, enemy. I shall 
arise. There's something about the quickening and the moving of the Holy. That's the reason every service is important. Because this could be the service of a man that can make all the difference in my life. Whether or not if I'm going to win this race or not. If I'm going to win this battle or not. That's the reason it's so important to show up early and pray and intercede and cry out. And spend time between service praying for service. God let your spirit be poured out. Let your glory fill the house. Let your anointing fall upon the singers and Israel players and the preachers and the saints of God. Why? Because we got to have it. It's what sets us aside from everybody else, folks. It's the power and the moving of the Spirit of God among us. Love you this morning. God bless you. I wanted to take you. Galatians 6 and 9 says, Let's not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. 2 Corinthians 4 and 16 says, For which cause we faint not, that though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The renewing of this inward man, this old spiritual man. It's our responsibility, nobody else's, individually. It's our responsibility. To take care of this spiritual man here. I can't go home with you and make you eat right. And I can't go home with you and make you, you know, take your vitamins and do the exercise. Neither can I go home with you spiritually. God can. But God can. And with God's help, we can walk right, walk right, talk right, live right. And we can take care of this old spiritual man that he can be ready. Are you listening to me this morning? It can be ready when the battle comes, when it seems like it comes out of nowhere, when lines just leap out of places that we wouldn't even expect it now. But the Spirit of God can lift up a standard. Spirit of God can lift up an energy. The Spirit of God can inspire us and breathe upon us and help us how to handle our lives. What about it this morning? Why don't we just pray? Why don't we just ask God to help us and, and to help us to be the church. Amen. We've got an awesome church here, but I believe God wants us to do. I want us to see babies. How about you? You know, thank God for beautiful marriages and things of that nature. But you know what? Amen. It's not hardly a marriage that doesn't want to have some babies. Amen. Have some family. And, and I talked to God this week. His only son was killed. And, and in, in a sense, he, he said, you know what? If it, if it wasn't for my wife, he said, I wouldn't build a house. He said, I'd have been content living in an old trailer. He said, I don't have no children, no grandchildren. Amen. Folks, we want some grandchildren. And you know what I'm talking about? Amen. I know there's really not none in the kingdom of God, but we want some children in the kingdom of God. We want somebody picking up the torch. Amen. Bearing the cross. Uh, filling up this place. Filling up the parking lot. Knowing that when we're dead and gone and we're placed in that graveyard back there, there's going to be a church here. and There's going to be a God-fearing a God, a place where the Spirit of God can still move. That's what we want to see happen. God, we love you this morning and appreciate you today. So thankful for your love and grace and mercy. Thankful this morning for the Holy Ghost. For the Spirit of God. And Lord, as we humble and yield and submit ourselves unto the power thereof. Leading and guiding and orchestrating. Bringing about your will and your purpose. You help us this morning, God. To purpose some things in our heart. And some things in our minds and our spirit. God, if we're coming up short and we're failing you. And we're flirting with some things we ain't got no business. God, you help us. You help us. God to get a stir. Amen. If you got to send a line our way, send it, God. But help us in that battle, God, by the help of the Holy Ghost to overcome and be victorious and walk upright and do the work that you want us to do in the world that we're living and the times that we're living. I'm praying your blessings and favor upon every soul, upon every life in that wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Love you today. Appreciate you. Let's pray much. So don't forget tonight we'll be celebrating with Brett and Cade. Man, their graduation. Let's don't forget about that. Come early. Let's pray. Let's talk to God this afternoon. Come expecting a great move of the Holy Ghost. God bless you.